0: This is Jamal. This is your boy, Adrian. Yo, this is Michael. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Jam. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Daily Jam. We in the place to be, fellas. What's going on? What's going on, Mike? What's going on, Jamal? What's good, Man. It's a nice Sunny, sunny day. It is. It's beautiful. Spring has finally arrived after a while.
1: Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get this recorded so I go out there and enjoy the
0: weather. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't need to be stuck up in this studio. Rock Nation in the building. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Rock Nation for their studio usage and everything. Um, Jamal, for, those,
1: for those who are listening, <laughs> Jamal just did a quick look around the studio to see when we're going to get some upgrades.
0: Luck. <laughs> <Look, laughs> we, we're going to get some upgrades when you two get better at what you're doing. How about that? When you stop having to do Text 87 <laughs> takes. <laughs> I'm one take Charlie. Don't come for me. I'm one take Charlie. Don't. But who is Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> who that, yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. Charlie? So, my hey, guess is there's probably some stuff on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm interested in knowing what it is. <laughs> Jamal. One
1: take
2: whole with The right one take with you. Jamal,
0: what's on your mind? And quit playing with stuff, Jamal.
2: First of all, I will attach the video to this so you'll see that uh, it wasn't me. But... You know, in in I think the last year, you know, Will Smith has had this uh, resurgence of who he is on social media. Um, yeah, he reinvented himself. Yeah, he could completely, you know, and he sh- he's still shooting movies. But what, what has surprised me about is how he's just taken social media and really made it his own. Like, he has a show on Facebook, Watch you know, the bucket mm. list show. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he gets millions of people. And his wife does that. the red table too. And his wife does yeah. the red table. So, you know, he's not just restricting himself to movies.
1: I think that that it's a pretty awesome thing to re- reintroduce yourself to a younger demographic. Um, considering that Will Smith, um, you know, was very popular in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with Fresh Prince, with Men in Black, uh, with all the movies that he did. And for so for millennials out there, they are literally being reintroduced to him. And then I would imagine that they're probably going back and look at some of his earlier works. I believe that there's not a place that you could go to probably if you were to start playing the Fresh Prince theme song that people wouldn't break out in the song and start uh, for
2: all, all over the, the world.
0: world. Oh, I've yeah. done that in several trainings. You know, it's actually very interesting uh, about him. Uh, reinventing himself to this, this new audience and new generation, because a lot of times they, they didn't know that really this is a story all about how uh, somebody's life got flipped, turned upside down, and, you know, he's using social media to tell them how he became the Prince of Bel-Air. That's anyway, Adrian, what's on your mind today? I, but, but Will Smith do have the livest he does. Uh, IG. I, I, I yes. follow he him does. on IG, and I think Barb nine, his IG is by far the best. But I, think, I also think that has a, that its credit
1: to the fact that he, he he's turned into a production. Um, and I think that, that you know, for our listeners out there, as you begin to, again, have these conversations, you know, the purpose of these podcast episodes is to get you better connected with young people to show them uh, Will Smith's Instagram and see how he does it. He goes about it because there are a lot of young people who think they're going to be the next YouTube star, the next Instagram star. And so that's how a pro does it. I mean, you may not start out like that with all the camera equipment and you know directors shooting your Instagram movies, but in terms of ideas and brainstormings and everyday stuff that you could do, I think that's a, it's, it's a really pretty awesome. Uh, my what's on my mind is a little bit different given the fact that I love food um, and I love Wendy's. Shout out to Wendy's. But I did have a question, Wendy's, uh, why did y'all <laughs> add that small little bitty beef patty and then change the price of the four for four to the five for five? Like, why'd y'all do that? Like, that, that upsets mm. me. Uh, the, and I know you have a very live social media following.
0: The news and, and opinions of this is expressed <laughs> by Adrian only Wendy's. They are my favorite restaurants, fan. though. I actually compare them up the, uh, between them and. If Chick-fil-A. you want to clap back, his Twitter is Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Press. Listen, <laughs> I had Mr. a four four the other day, so.
1: Yeah, I go to yeah. Wendy's all the time just for the strawberry lemonade. And in fact, my uh, my colleague uh, where I work at actually knows this. The first thing I do as soon as I land in Louisiana, in New Orleans, is I get my rental car. And then I drive uh, to Wendy's and get a strawberry lemonade because it's an hour drive to where my hotel is uh, in Baton Rouge, um, where we work at. But that's my always my first stop. It is I always grab a Wendy's. Usually I grab a strawberry lemonade and uh, chicken nuggets. Yep, every time. So shout out to Wendy's. I still love y'all, but don't, don't think y'all <laughs> slipped that by me that y'all changed the price of uh, the. Well,
0: prices. I don't know. I would love to know who is. Running their social media? Yes, <laughs> particularly their Twitter. I would love to meet that person. Because I think that's my favorite person on... The clapback is strong. Very strong. Very strong.
1: I want to do corporate execs <laughs> approve of that. They just, or they just like, that's their department. We'll let them clap back to whoever. Because they'd be, they be going after
0: people on social media. They do. And other restaurants. I think, I think that if Dave Thomas was alive, I think he would be pleased. I really do. Really? I do. I, I don't know. I, I mean, he's an older guy. It was an older guy and kind of old school. But he seemed kind of fun. He did. He did. Yeah. I, I met him actually once. He seemed like he had a sense of humor. Oh,
2: you met him actually?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't
2: forget you the first Wendy's was in Columbus.
0: Oh, I, I yeah. know, in and Dublin the headquarters. Yeah, no, I mean, the, we used to have no. Uh, it was the first one was downtown. downtown. The first oh. actual store was downtown. Oh. I know they talked about closing that. Did they ever close? The, it? They closed okay. and sold the building. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Dave I Thomas has a Windows. wonderful story if you haven't read his yep. autobiography. Um, and he it's was really, very, very big
1: into adoption. I mean, mm-hmm. that hints the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Wendy was adopted,
0: right? No, no,
1: Dave was a doctor. Dave was adopted. Dave was Wendy was his daughter.
0: Yeah. Her name actually isn't Wendy. It's actually Belinda. But his youngest daughter couldn't pronounce it and called her Winda. Um, and so that's how they got really? the term Wendys. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah.
1: That should have been. That could have been a, did you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, All what's right. on my mind, fellas, today, um, kind of going a little bit along with uh, Adrian. Well, at least what that kind of led to is social media. I have stock in Twitter and Snapchat. Snapchat and neither of them are doing as well as I thought they would, or as Facebook is From when is they doing. went public. Yes. Yeah. And so I, 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 got Snapchat, and I think it was at your request, Adrian, because <laughs> there was some the,
1: not Snapchat stock that you just downloaded the Snapchat app.
0: No, the stock. <laughs>
1: because wasn't Don't blame there for your oh my.
0: <laughs> wasn't there an issue where. Was it had something to do with Rihanna or something? somebody clapped back or something, and like the stop Uh, dropped for a while. while It was was Snapchat. It was Snapchat. Yeah, 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 and so that's when I bought some, you know, and I was figuring that it was kind of going to go back up. It
2: hasn't recovered?
0: No, no, it's like $11 a share. I think it actually went down more. I I think um, I'll buy
2: it soon
1: from the stories that I read a while about, I think it has a lot to do with usage and just the features that they're adding if that, and that's another thing. Cause again, it's all about that instant gratification and stuff like that. So I think, and I can't remember, um, where I read this at, but, um, companies are constantly trying to reinvent themselves to keep, get that younger demographic and in what's keeping their attention. Um, and so, like I said, Instagram and TikTok. Um, are literally kind of where it's it's moving to. I mean, Snapchat is still very pop- popular among uh, young people. Yeah, but I also think that you know and a popular among businesses. That, uh, now I know know what it is. It's the ads. Because it's all, it's all about ad revenue. And so is Snapchat producing enough ad revenue is probably why it has a lot to do with some, the value of the company. Uh, and that's, I think that's where uh, Facebook even did that a while back when they started shifting to paid advertising. And then when they went public, it's all about how much money are they
2: bringing in um, right. to do that. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it.
2: I don't use Snapchat like that. But DJ Khaled made it you know, bigger before
0: Rihanna tore down. I love Snapchat. I do, do? too. All right. I do, too. I just want that and Twitter stock to go up. (laughs) Or give me my money back. (laughs) All
1: right. As we head into commercial, we're going to play this song, because it's going to give you a hint as to what we're going to talk about for our topic of the day. Stay with us.
2: Focus Magazine has been your go-to source for foster care news and information for the last eight years. Owned and edited by a former foster kid, Foster Focus is full of stories about all things foster care from the people who live it. Former and current foster youth social workers, foster parents, and top names in the field have all shared their stories in this magazine. And be sure to check out FosterFocusMag.com for hourly updates of foster care news and the most complete list of famous former foster kids and adoptees in the world. Foster Focus is a proud supporter of the Daily Jam and the man behind the show, even Adrian. Be sure to like and follow us on social media on Twitter at fosterfocusmag and on Facebook at Foster Focus Magazine.
1: All right, welcome back, listeners, to the Daily Jam.
2: And today's Did You Know? Jamal, take it away. Did you know that 27% of high school students use some type of tobacco?
0: Hmm. I wonder, is that, like, higher or lower? I know that back in the 60s, tobacco use cigarettes were pretty high among teens. I wonder, is that, like, up or down? Hmm. So that's one. That's basically one in four, almost one in three. Oh, wow. That's a lot of
2: people. Well, you also have to think there are there have been... A lot of new devices introduced, like e-cigarettes, oh, yeah. and, and so kids what, are vaping Juul? and Ju- yeah, Juul, um, which studies are showing that those are worse than cigarettes.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they really are, and I think a part of it is is because people use them more. So a cigarette, you're not going to light up a cigarette right after the other, whereas the vape, you know, because it's there, it's so easy, you know, access to kind of just. Puff on throughout the day, and so you know, people who normally smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, probably you know, this is equivalent to almost two packs or whatever. Right. You know, it's almost doubling the the usage amount.
2: What was it? What was the the stat again that you said, Jamal? Twenty seven percent
0: of high school students
2: use some type of tobacco.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And I just looked up real quick on this truth initiative, um, the yeah, that truth campaign about mm-hmm. yeah. um, smoking yeah. or anti-smoking, that is. And actually, it's uh, from this, look looked like it's that uh, smoking among young people is actually down uh, in two in 2011, it was at uh, nearly 19%, and in, in 2017, it was down to
0: 10%. But is that only talking about regular cigarettes, or is that talking about all? Because the one that Jamal quoted talked about cigarette cigars. Oh, um, put them all in the same category. Yeah, e-cigarettes, yeah. yeah, kind of put them all in the same category. They're using one or more of those tobacco products.
2: Yeah, uh,
1: that's a good point. So Yeah. And kids are getting
2: or claiming that they're, addicted. they're getting addicted, especially the vape.
1: And I think the appeal of vape and jewels is the flavors. And so it yeah. seems mm-hmm. less harmful. So it's not the traditional yeah. nicotine tobaccoy taste. And, and I think smell. that have, and, and smell. Yeah. And so yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And it, it smells
0: better. Yeah. So and like like I don't mind people vaping. I, I can't stand cigarette smoke like yeah, that. Either. That oh makes my me goodness. sick. Yeah. Cigar smoke. That's different. Yeah, I can do cigar smoke. So cigar smoke, I mean, that's I'm different.
1: not even a huge fan of cigar smoke either. I mean, but I, I enjoy cigars from time to time, but I cannot stand... I just can't stand the smell of smoke, period. And that's from growing up with heavy, heavy smokers. I don't like the smell getting into my clothes. Oh, right. I cannot stand smells like that so it's immediately if I smoke a cigar I strip down and uh, change out clothes and it's because I it just it's can't deal with the smell of cigars do, and you, of cigarettes. do yeah. you
0: know if um, because of the uh, heavy influence and how, how you've been exposed to smoking is, is that why you look the way you look or
2: <laughs> you? you see
0: it's not one episode where he
1: just can't let me be great just like let me live but okay. well, you know the Christian in me <laughs> the Christian in me is going to forgive Michael for the constant constant jabs he takes in my life does John three fifteen suggests no, that? That's not even John three fifteen anymore. It's John three sixteen. That is just, that's where all that's where it begins and ends <laughs> with the Bible. That's I mean, Google it, guys. I'm telling y'all.
2: For our My Google doesn't work <laughs> for our listeners who are just joining us on this journey. <laughs> Please forgive Adrian for he knows not what he does. That's in the Bible, too. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm
2: telling you, man, I'm like a Bible kind of I went
0: to church. To all of my uh, Jewish, agnostic, atheist, Muslim, um, Buddhist, Hindu, um, and any other type of religion that I have forgotten friends, um, I'm, I'm here for you and with you. I, I will am not too. allow Adrian. To uh, discourage you from listening to uh, our podcast and getting this—no, I,
1: I love my fellow brothers and sisters of the different face. We, we love
0: all everybody. walk together. We love everybody. Yeah, that's right. I'm just saying. Everybody. As for
1: me, and my house, and we shall
0: serve the Lord. Y'all love R. Kelly too.
1: In
0: cut. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it
1: says, "Love the thy the as y'all, love thy neighbor as yourself." The so of the I love him as a human being But I do not approve of the actions That he's been accused of uh, Okay Okay. Well there was today's Did you know When we come back we are going to dive Right into a good topic that you're all Going to stick around for stay tuned You're listening to the Daily Jam I can feel my face when
2: I'm with you But I love it But I love it Oh I can feel my face when I'm
0: She'll be the death of me At least we'll both be numb And she'll always get the best of me The worst is yet to come All the misery was necessary We went What deep in love Yes, I know, I know Well, I know
1: Back to Daily Gem, everybody. Let's get into today's topic. To start us off,
0: Michael. Hey, so this is a really, really serious topic. And I think it's hard for like a lot of parents, um, you know, it's going to be probably hard for us to discuss as well, but it's a necessary topic that we need. And so, you know, you'll just as a disclaimer, you know, when we use humor, um, it is not to offend folks. It's not to make light of the subject or anything like that. It's to maybe bring a little bit levity uh, to talking about a, a really, really difficult topic for, for some folks. So uh, just understand. So today we're going to talk about teen- And drugs. Fellas. The good stuff. Yeah. The
2: white horse.
0: (laughs) If you want to (laughs) ride. Don't ride (laughs) the white horse. (laughs) Yeah. There are a lot of songs that you know have a lot of references to drugs. You know, about and so you know, one of the things is that we have to admit that, you know, popular culture. Uh, has not made drugs and alcohol you know um, popular by itself you know every generation had music had movies had done things to actually glamorize the topic and so we have to um, you know be aware of that and not just blame this generation's music and, and media on that so i wanted to start off with a question because i don't think that you know people really kind of discussed this much when you talk about drugs and alcohol should alcohol actually be considered a drug
2: that's kind of hard because how many well no or why not.
0: or why isn't it because it you know I think it should be considered a drug it
1: has the same effects on the brain that drugs do um, and I think that there are more alcohol related crashes when it comes to accidents than there are drug related crashes Um, I also think that my opinion is a little bit biased given um, my family history with alcohol and alcoholism Um, I think it really is a struggle for a lot of people Um, and I do think that uh, it's a vice and most drugs are vices for those who are extremely addicted to it it's something that they almost can't live without and so therefore I think so it it should be uh, classified as a drug and in fact, there are some people, some studies or in some research institutes who do classify it um, as a drug. And we'll get into that here
2: in a little bit. Well, it's definitely it's still a, you know, a substance that if caught driving under the influence, there's significant uh, penalties. But then you think about why it was considered uh, illegal in the first place when you go back all the way back to prohibition and what people did to still try to get that fix, like, People went through hell. People were blowing up their houses trying to distill uh, alcohol, moonshine, <laughs> right? Um, and then later they just said, "Forget it. We we were, we can't continue to do this. So let's put at least a cap on it." Yeah.
0: So well, yeah, we we definitely know, like uh, like any other drug, it definitely um, changes you know, uh, who you are. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it really juice. is classified as a depressant, you know, and so it, it kind of does that. Um, I think that why it's rarely considered a drug is because of the, um, number one, the legal status of it and the widespread usage of it, you know, throughout That's society. It's a legal drug. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's Absolutely.
1: so readily available and easy to get that you don't, I think that to, to your point about, uh, glorifying it, we don't, there's not, there's no, there's not too many negative stigmas about alcohol un- unless it's related to like DUIs and crash and stuff like that. But for, for the most part, you know, happy hour uh-huh. or social drinking or hanging out with friends, you got to have a beer or have a glass of wine. So there is, there's not a negative. Hey,
0: Jesus made wine, bro. <laughs> Don't <laughs> put <even> wine. <laughs> <say that. laughs> I've said that.
1: I've said that. <laughs> so when you think about it, so it, there's really not a negative, I mean, there's, some negative stigma to it, but it's, it's culturally and socially accepted that it's okay to drink. So you don't mm-hmm. kind of classify it as a drug or as bad because when you say drugs, drugs are bad.
2: You know? Well, and that's, that's where weed is going or marijuana is going to now. I mean, they've outlawed it so long.
0: He it's said some weed d- like he use it on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> he he, he talked about it like a personal I not, name. <laughs> I did not inhale.
2: Um, but so, and that's where I, I, we really see That industry going now Is that People are doing it People want to continue to do it We can't continue to keep Locking people up Which there are some Legislators that have that That viewpoint Let's just legalize it
0: yeah. So b- before we kind of get too you know, deep into that particular piece, I mean, there are a lot of studies uh, that suggest different things that we've kind of looked at um, about how many uh, young people use drugs or have tried drugs, and uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. But I think what's probably more important to kind of start our conversation off is why, why do we think teens use drugs. What's the attraction?
1: I think the music that they listen in, I'm going to, I'm gonna sound like a really old parent, but I don't mean it in the <laughs> negative sense that it's gonna come out as. That's because it really is. <laughs> that it's glorified in young people's culture. I, I even remember uh, being a young kid, it was cool to see what's the guy? The camel. Uh-huh. With the sunglasses oh, was, uh, uh, Joe Camel, Joe Camel. Joe Camel. Uh-huh. Like it was cool To see him on TV The movies I mean the guy With the very nice Sharp dress suit With the cigarette Hanging out of his mouth It was always cool To see someone With the you was watching
0: drug- TVs <laughs> in the <a> 60s <laughs>
1: No he's watched Them on YouTube <laughs> But I mean between, between drugs And smoking It's glorified In culture And then one of The other things That I think As to why Young people use drugs It's to Same reason why Adults do it To mask Some type of Internal battle um, or to fulfill some type of desire or always chasing that high or dream. And then also it's socially accepted and, and, and peer pressure. A lot of things that happen in young people is peer pressure, but
0: uh, I'd also say curiosity as well. Yeah. I mean, and, well, and leave it to Adrian to try to answer all of the questions and not yeah. leave anything for anybody else to say. What That's my, why they pay me the zero big bucks.
2: <laughs> one of my favorite movies was Scarface. Yes,
0: yes. mine too.
1: I absolutely and it's a glorified drug King i mean, movie. Yeah, you mm-hmm. look like you could have been a drug dealer back in the day. He like he be a drug dealer now. It's the he runs a operation
2: but. that is out of Worthington. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, go
0: ahead, Jamal. Yeah.
2: No, and that's just how. Uh, but yeah, Scarface being one of my favorite movies, but I think there is a huge peer influence. Um, just thinking back, what even when I was. Even when I was in high school, the thing was smoking, smoking blacks, um, smoking weed. I never took pills. I mean, it wasn't, plus it wasn't that huge. Um, but it was a peer influenced, uh, arena. Like even when I had my own apartment after, right after high school, you know, my, my friends would bring over, uh, alcohol and, and, um. Black and Milds, and we would just sit there, and we would just—it's not that I liked or wanted to smoke. It was like, all right, well, this is what everybody's doing. And even when, <clears throat> don't incriminate me. When they started rolling up the blunt, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there was times it, it just passed. Uh, all right, pass. pass, puff, puff, give. So, it, and this, so it's one of those things where it is heavily peer influenced. And how many times have you had? Uh, I've come across children who weren't as strong that just said okay. So I think it's peer influenced.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, there, there are probably multiple reasons why kids use drugs, and I think one of the ones that wasn't mentioned is that... It makes you feel good. Yes. I mean, I think we have to be honest is that, you know, these things were kind of created to really make you feel good and kind of like, you know, sex, we've talked about that before, people do it because it It actually feels good. good. Um, And and I think we have to be as parents, as adults, you know, understanding that, you know, kids want to feel good just like adults want to feel good. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, we as parents set a bad role model for kids by doing things. And so um, even if we're considering, for instance, alcohol drugs, you know, people who kind of drink in front of their kids, because it's legal to do, Mm -hmm. you know, for a teenager, you know, how can, sometimes it's hard for them to say, okay, my mom did it, my dad did it, uncle so-and-so did it, you know. How come I can't actually, you know, engage in some of those types of uh, things as well?
1: Let me ask you, as this question is a little bit off, kilter here but you know how in in some states or i think people perceive it as that you know you're allowed to drink with your kid as long as it's you know you're in the safety of your own home Mm -hmm. what if that same analogy or policy so to speak applied to drugs and drug usage
0: i'm assuming you're talking about legal yeah, drugs. Things yeah. That are illegal. Yeah,
1: like smoking weed. Like, mm-hmm. what if it was okay to well, smoke weed with your parents?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that you know, parents, yeah. you know, kind of make the decisions on how they parent their their child. Yeah, you know, and that it's it's not um, the government's job to tell you, you know, how to kind of parent your child. Um, you know, when it kind of comes to uh, alcohol or marijuana or any other thing that may be legal but may be considered taboo or have some type of age limit or restriction. But what, what we do know is that, you know, those things can have an impact on brain development, because young people's brains are still developing until their mid-20s, and so an over-usage of any of that uh, type of uh, thing could definitely have an impact, yeah. you know, on, on their, their brain development, I think, overall. Um, but I think, you know, you know, kids are going to kind of use it for um, a variety of reasons, and, you know, the question really then becomes, you know, how do we handle it as parents? But before we get to that, I think that it's important to know, or important to help uh, some of our listeners know, what are some of the popular drugs that are out there for teens? So before we talk about that, let's talk about, you know, things that we, um, uh, were was popular in our day, and, um, and maybe what we kind of you know, partook in at that time. I'll start. I mean, you know, Damn, I kind of. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I do not I came One of us I is not going to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> I came of age in the 80s. Um, you know, that's kind of when I was in high school. Nino and, and you know, Brown from and the 80s, home kinda, of the Heron. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, of course, alcohol has, you know, been popular for quite some time and uh, marijuana as well. Uh, And I'll be honest, I I was, I was, I tried alcohol for the first time, I want to say I might have been 13, I drank a beer, and it was interesting because I hated the taste, like I don't understand, everybody who likes beer um, that I know all said that they hated it when they first tasted it and they had to kind of acquire a taste, and my thing has always been is that I, if I don't like it, I'm not going right. to continue to, to do it until I actually like it. And so, you know, I, I never really liked beer, never got to that. So I never really drank beer. I wish I drank beer because it's much cheaper than alcohol. You know, it's much cheaper than a Kettle One and Sprite or Siroc uh, um, uh, Peach and Tonic. With a lime, which is my, you know, couple of the drinks that I drink when I'm out or whatever. Uh, I wish I could drink beers because I can get a beer for like two bucks as opposed to paying 10 or 12 or 15 for, you know, an alcoholic beverage. I also smoked weed. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to say, I'm not going to tell who was the first person who started it, because if she listened to this podcast, she <laughs> <laughs> she'll be upset with me. But uh, yeah, I think I was, I want to say I was 14 when I first uh, got a hit of the blunt. <laughs> Actually, when the blunt didn't, right. we use you, white papers. You used uh, <laughs> <them> white papers. <laughs> you know. the, the thing with the little <laughs> yeah, liquor you. Yeah, yeah, yeah boy. Yeah, I, knew I knew how to roll. I knew how to separate, uh, take the, the seeds out. I don't know.
1: Top. Zigzags. Tops, zigzags. Tops, or zigzags, yeah. See, this is this is all outside of the zone for me because I am just, this is not something that I just was raised to be like this. I
0: told you, you somebody be- wasn't going to answer this question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jamal, go ahead and be truthful with the first um,
2: Yes. <laughs> weed, literally, weed was probably the only uh, thing. I didn't like cigarettes. Um, blacks, Black and Milds was one. Um, but I, I was that, per- I didn't like beer either. I didn't like the taste. Is that why your lips so black?
0: Cause you smoked black in my house? Cause I didn't really, I never smoked <laughs> that. that. That was a little, that was like your generation, a little bit after. You're a little bit younger. Than me. Text three. It, <laughs> it was also
2: uh, a, a short cigar, like black in called Cherry Blends. Ah yeah. Um, but those are the ones well. that had like the 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 tips, the filters mm-hmm. uh, on them. The, but yeah, those that was it. But I didn't like beer. Um, I was a alcohol guy. Um, Vodka, because of, and I blame myself, I don't blame it. I kind of contributed to my grandmother because when I, was, when I was a kid, I always watched her make her morning drink and it was in like this coffee mug that you couldn't see, you didn't see what was in it, right? Mm-hmm. So, all I saw her do was pour grapefruit juice in it, and I oh. never tasted grapefruit juice. So, one day I'd take the cup and I'd drink it, and then I persist to get an ass whooping because I drank some of her stuff, but I start spitting it out like, what is this?
0: Wow! Like, oh, I great. have never heard a black person blame their grandparents for right. anything. No, no, no. Yeah. that's a good. Blame. You are going to hell. That's a good <laughs> God rest her lovely soul. That's
2: my angel. But that was that was my first encounter with vodka. Yeah, so, I hate grapefruit juice to this day. <laughs> so I think I think we are a product of our environment, and I think that we
1: kind of take these extremes uh, with the pendulum, depending on how we grew up and what we and what we've witnessed when it comes to drugs and alcohol or what we've seen on TV or whatever. And so in in our case, or at least in my case, um, I had a real strong apprehension to alcohol and drugs just because of the toll that it took on uh, our family. Um, Severe alcoholism and abuse was a direct result of those issues. So a lot of things I didn't try until I was actually an adult in my twenties. So, hmm. um, and one of the reasons why I always told myself that I would stay away from it was because I didn't like the sense of the loss of control of my mind. Mm. That was mm-hmm. always the perception that I had is like, I don't want to never not be in control because I've seen what not being in control does. And right. so I've seen it from family members and friends. And so I said, I would never, ever, ever do that stuff. Hmm. Uh, and so I drink occasionally and realize it's not that bad. I do not like beer. Uh, I think yeah. it is one of the grossest things. I will drink a cider here and there. Um, there are certain alcohol drinks that I absolutely love. Um, but um, Like
0: orange juice? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love orange juice. It's my favorite drink. Uh, but when it actually comes to weed or drugs, I actually tried an edible... For the first time at some point in time in my life within the last let's say mm, 10 years uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that experience was very very eye-opening it's one of the a very 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 and that was your first time that was, was it? my first time having edible and probably i understood why it was my first and maybe even my last because i was what what happened was i was given this edible and told to only take a little piece of it. And because of I am so OCD, I was like, oh, this edible isn't doing anything. I just need, give me more, give me more. And then about a couple hours later, I was in the Twilight Zone. (laughs) Give me more, give me more doesn't sound like
0: the first time. I heard it it, it resulted in a trip to the emergency room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Lakeisha, if you're out there, holler at us. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know the full story. That story shall not see the light so, of day. So we all kind of grew up in a time where marijuana was popular. Of course, alcohol still popular uh, today. Marijuana is actually legal in, in a number of states and probably will continue to grow uh, in its uh, ability to kind of be uh, legal and use either medically or recreationally. What are some of the other drugs that are, like, popular today uh, that young people are curious about and even really kind of trying?
2: Xanax. Xanax is huge. Yeah. yeah. So a
0: prescription meds. There's a lot of prescription meds.
1: So there's a um, website called projectnode.com that kind of lists the top ten Drugs or um, things among young people, and alcohol is actually number one, and then it's kind of like marijuana, nicotine. I know it's we don't consider it a drug, but it's in. But it is. But but huge uh, up there on the top list, which I've heard quite a while, uh, Adderall. So the drug that's used to treat um, ADHD and, or most commonly known as Ritalin, uh, Adderall, and of course we talked about uh, OxyContin. But there was one on the list that I've heard of, but I really didn't have a lot of information on, was Spice and K2.
2: So yeah. yeah, K2, um, there was a couple of years back. K2 was real big, definitely in the Miami area. That's where C two see too. DC yeah. yeah as well. So, well, so, you know, you heard of the term bath salts. Oh yeah. Now that I do know. That's, yeah. but that's the oh, K2. that's what it is. Oh. That's the K2. And it's almost as if people were turning into zombies. Yes. With that, with that drug.
1: So then there was other hallucinogens, you know, the mushrooms and stuff like that, inhalants, you know, the old sniffing of the glue or the sniffing of the paint, those type of things. And again, I think it was to a point that Michael had made earlier about young people and just adults in general chasing that next high and that is something that is even consistent and portrayed in a lot of our entertainment is I got to get that next high and it's never as good as the first one and so they're constantly chasing so I think that's why it becomes so addictive so
0: yeah and I I don't know about in Miami but you know the KT was actually it was a synthetic weed blend um, and that was really really popular for a lot of kids in uh, the DC area Um, so so yeah uh, but, but yeah, so there's a lot of things like that are a lot of harsher, you know, drugs. And the interesting thing that I know that a lot of folks feel that uh, marijuana is kind of like a gateway drug into kind of harder and harsher yeah. drugs. And so that's a lot that's of a adults' concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, people create the narrative and then people kind of buy what that narrative is, mm-hmm. you know, without... Uh, necessarily a lot of proof you know and so while um, absolutely it has been a gateway drug for some people they would start with that actually most people probably start with alcohol so we really should call right. that the gateway drug um, but people you know who may start with um, marijuana may increase to harsher uh, substances but then there are a lot of people who don't ever increase yes, and I so never
2: had the the thought of going higher mm-hmm. than yeah me neither I just never did. Well, no, I but I've have. Been, but I've always <laughs>
1: been. But I've. I truly have. I'll. I'll, I'll let Mike go. I've, I really, truly have always been curious as to the allure of cocaine. I mean, it, I mean, based on the movies and based on the, because even in brown and minority communities, especially in some of the movies, the drug dealer or the drug kingpin, even though he sold a terrible, terrible product, he also did a lot. He or she did a lot for the community when it came to that stuff, too. So, I've always been like, like What is it about them? Like, they are comfortable enough to sell it to the people, but also do these other things around
0: it as well. Because Biggie said in his Ten Crack Commandments, Never get high oh, off your, your own supply. supply. <laughs> 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 and if Smokey would have realized that in the movie Friday, <laughs> he wouldn't have owed Bit Perm that money, <laughs> or wouldn't have been shut, you know, at rather. But I've always um, been curious
1: about it. I've literally always been, I would never try it. I have never tried it. Don't have any interest to do it nor would I ever but I just I've just been yeah.
0: curious yeah, yeah I, I think you know if, if many of us are honest you know th- there's you know at least a twinge of curiosity of what it feels like you know why people kind of do some of those types of things and so yeah I, I too while I have never tried cocaine and will never try cocaine um, you know often wonder you know what is such the draw you know that makes people almost lose and and give up everything, you know, for that. Now, this is, you know, really interesting to me because, um, you know, I have uh, two children. My son actually uh, dabbled a little bit in, um, you know, uh, experimenting in in various types of drugs. Um, And so he has, uh, you know, uh, uh, admitted that he has tried cocaine and um, he's never done meth, but there was a couple of other pretty harsher drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that uh, he. Has actually tried, and it was, um, you know, very, you know, interesting. I think one of the things that, as we kind of move into really the next question is, you know, how do you talk to your kids about drugs? How do you have these conversations about drugs? You know, that was one of the things that really kind of was very sobering. You know, as a parent, it's like, oh my God, you know, how could my kid?
1: Well, before we answer that, how did how did y'all have the conversation? Is it something that he came to you voluntarily, or is it something that you kind of yeah. approached well, him about? Well, when he about?
0: first, uh, it, it was actually a little bit of both. So when he first, you know, uh, tried marijuana, you know, I knew it because. Of you know the smell, obviously as a parent, and I was picking him up from school one day. I think it was a sophomore in high school, and um, you know, so of course I was like you've been smoking weed? <laughs> you know? And of course, as any kid would do, you know, Ain't he lied. Lying. No, pop, you know, I was just around some folk. And that, that was his that excuse, high. you know, and I was like, yeah, but it's hard to get the weed smell in on your skin when you just around other people, unless they are literally blowing it on your skin <laughs> on your clothes. Was like, bro, I smoked before, you know, I started about the time when you know, about your age, you know, maybe a year before, you know, so I kind of <laughs> know it. And so, you know, he, was admitted it when he realized that it was cool to kind of have the conversation and I'm not going to judge him and he's not in trouble and, and, you know, and things like that. And so, you know, we began to, I mean, we had had conversations about it prior to, but now this kind of made it, you know, a little bit more real. Um, I think that, and, and then, you know, um, because of where he went to school, he, uh, there were a lot of rich kids and, you know, he was exposed to some of these higher level drugs that are oftentimes more expensive, a little bit harder to kind of get to. Um, and so, uh, he had kind of tried, I think what made him, what really kind of sobered him is that there was a good friend of, of theirs who actually overdosed on heroin oh. and that, you know, became really, really real and and very, very sobering uh, to him and several of his friends, and that really uh, hurt him emotionally um, for for quite some time. You know, and he's he's allowed me to share uh, this story, um, you know, um, w- with with you guys and with the audience, and so um, so that was one of the things uh, that that. Um, you know, I kind of went through, and so I know that this topic, I I can understand how people feel. Um, Fortunately, you know, um, it never really went past that. Um, It was probably about a couple of, two, three months, maybe I think a summer, Mm -hmm. where he was kind of doing, Uh, Some of these, you know, uh, different types of drugs and experimenting and things like that. And it never actually went past that. But I can um, definitely um, understand how people feel. I actually just watched a movie called Beautiful Boy with Steve Carroll. Mm. Um, Just. uh, probably a couple of months ago, a few months ago, I was actually on a plane. It was one of the movies on a plane. Uh, And it's actually based on a true story where um, uh, Steve Carroll's son got addicted to meth and could not get off and kept trying and kept trying. And the story was really about the love of his dad, his stepmom, his, um, his mom. Um, really trying to love him and support him and to show empathy and it showed the ups and the downs, the struggles of not only him as a drug addict, but also the impact on his parents and how they felt helpless for not really being able to, to do anything. And so, yeah, very, very, very serious topic. But I think that there are some some tools and some things that, you know, we can do to help. Yeah. What are some things you guys think?
1: So, well, first, uh, let me in the interest of full disclosure, I've actually never had this conversation with parents or parental figures. And so everything that I know about drugs, drug usage, What to do, what not to do, what curious or not curious, it is by watching either other people um, or by watching television. And I think that that is something that I think our um, child welfare professionals out there and our listening audience should take into account, especially dealing with the populations that we deal with, is that not every um, young person's family talks to them about drug usage or alcoholism or things of that nature. And so it could be an opportunity for you to become educated and educate them about making good decisions. Um, I think one of the first things um, that should be done is to be willing to be uncomfortable with having the conversation um again it's something that we've talked about in earlier episodes especially when it came to um sex uh, is that the minute you start talking about drug usage uh, and alcoholism is the minute that that young person is no longer your baby or no longer your child and you got to start again preparing them for the real world and what their friends are doing especially if that young person hasn't been exposed to it yet but they got a lot of friends who are out there doing like hey mom hey dad hey miss who or miss what um so-and-so is trying this at the school and they asked me to do it and blah, blah, blah. And so being willing to have that uncomfortable conversation and not being judgmental, um, I think, and creating a space environment so that they can come to you and have that conversation is a first start.
2: I think, and to add to, you, to what you said, Adrian, I think as a parent, we have to remove ourselves from, oh, my kid can't, or my kid won't. Get out of that disbelief that things, that they're not gonna explore, because they are. I mean, that was one of the things with us in realizing and finding out that our oldest son was vaping like shit. I mean, we never had this conversation yeah. nor did we say, or did we ever prepare him? Like, Hey, you're now in high school. Cause he's a freshman. You're going to see things and come in contact with things that you've never experienced before. Right. And it's happened. Yeah. And now it's like, all right, first we came at it we came at him from a from a medical standpoint like dude you know you shouldn't be smoking you got asthma like severe <laughs> asthma <laughs>
1: yeah
2: so let's 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 look at it from from that Health you could die <laughs> right you could really compromise your lungs and then it was okay now we just have to check on him every day did you smoke today did you I mean did you vape today and then he's going to lie cuz he's done it before and we've caught him several times where he says well I won't do it again and then you know you start to realize what it smells like some of the actions and you know which is and the also scary thing about uh vaping is that they can be laced as well with any other synthetic drug that's out there Mm -hmm. and that's a big concern for us
1: So, this kind of, I know that we are supposed to be coming up with tools and things to talk about, but I wonder uh, given our audience and the young people that, you know, maybe on their caseloads or that they deal with, oftentimes young people are actually, especially in the system, um, are actually penalized for normal teen behavior, drug charges or things of that nature and stuff like that. So, how do we help those listening to get past that and not be so quick to uh, be punitive uh, and restrictive for? Normal team adolescence, which is to go out there and try these things mm-hmm.
0: to experiment. And, and
1: of course, yeah. we're in no way condoning that you should be out there saying it's okay for you to use drugs. But I mean, we kind of got to be realistic here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that you know, a part of you know a parent's approach um, as they're kind of working with um, you know young people. Um, or professionals working with young people is that based on why they're actually using it, the approach is actually going to be different. You know, if they're using it because it's peer pressure, it's different than curiosity, then it's different than it actually makes me feel good. You know, Um, one of the things that I asked my son, you know, is why, why do you use this? You know, and he said, well, it actually makes me feel good. So I can't, talk to him about peer pressure, because yeah, right. that's, that's not reason. why he's actually yeah, using it. Right. So I had to kind of look at that. And so for for him, um, you know, I, we began to discuss what other things make you feel good. Because I think when you talk about the the chemical in your brain called dopamine, it's actually yep. activated by a variety of things. Drugs, alcohol is one of those things that will activate that make you feel good, that tells your body that this feels good. Sex does it, drugs and alcohol does it, you know, and that's when we really begin to look at things like... Um, What else makes you feel good? What do you love to do? What's that yes. thing that you love to do? And that's when he began to really kind of find his purpose and you know start talking about you know I love that you know film, I love editing, cinematography, you know music, fashion, that type of stuff. And so ended up finding a school of the arts that he can kind of go to and really kind of focus on that and get that same type of high yep. that the drugs and alcohol was giving him. And so a part of it was that I had to replace, or he had to replace that that high. Um, so the first thing is assessing why yep. the, the young person is. Doing it, and then we came to coming up with an approach. A couple things that I think we have to think about that uh, Jamal kind of alluded to is th- to understand your influence as a parent. Teens today still report that when it comes to drugs and alcohol, parents are still their most important. Uh, influence around that. And so kind of recognize, you know, and understand that you really do have um, an influence, but at the same time, you don't want to lose that influence by being uh, too mean uh, um, and responding uh, too negatively, you know, um, uh, with them. I think the other thing that is really um, important is having empathy uh, and support for young people who are going through. Sometimes we forget as adults how damn difficult it is to be a teenager. Yes. I mean, they face a lot of pressures, everything from to fit in, to be popular, to be cool, to meeting parents' unrealistic expectations. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of pressure that we all went through, but mm-hmm. sometimes when we become an adult, we really forget about that. So I think that when you understand that, there's empathy and support um that you can really kind of give and really kind of walk through the thing that I made sure that my son knew is that we're going through this together you yep. do not have to go through this alone now fortunately um, he wasn't really, really deep into it, like you know the movie that I mentioned, Beautiful Boy. However, you know I think Steve carroll's character, again based on a true story, did a wonderful job of showing empathy, support. He got upset, he was mad, he was frustrated, he cussed his son out, he kicked about. out. <laughs> yeah, I mean he I went that. through yeah. all of yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Um, and and and, and that's humans too. Yeah, 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 they're they're definitely humans, um, and some of that was necessary. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes he realized that some of the things in thinking he was being supportive. He was actually enabling his son. Right. And so there has to be sometimes in some cases, um, you know, some tough love, but when a kid is, you know, that bad, you definitely want to enlist some professional help Absolutely. around that. Don't feel like mm-hmm. you have to walk through this alone.
2: And that, and truthfully, that's what we've, we've done. I mean, in all transparency, you know, we've, um, looked at counselors. We've, um, actually started well talk, we talked earlier about uh, family counseling mm-hmm. uh, to deal with it. Uh, we've thought about boarding schools, we thought about, you know, changing hands environment, we've thought about military. I mean, we've thought about the gamut of solutions to help uh, in this. So
0: yeah. it's you know, but
2: but and we have to we have to take our our anger
0: yeah. out of it. Yeah, 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 you definitely do. And and the hard thing about it is that you'll have to try things. There's, you know, you, you really don't know what's going to work until it right. works. So you'll try something, and just because that doesn't work, you really just kind of change. But
1: yeah, I think p- parents have to be comfortable with sharing part of their truths and what their experiences is, whether they tried it or not tried it, and how they got through it. But also be, to be afraid of failure and not expect everything to be fixed the first go round. Um, it's a process, and there's a reason why they call it addiction. I mean, there's a reason why. It, you know, it may take a few times to get through it and find the different approaches. So um, I think that we've got to keep that mind in as well.
0: That's an excellent point, Adrian. One other thing I want to make sure that our audiences uh, remember is that marijuana is really not a gateway drug. Neither is alcohol or nicotine. Oftentimes we look at those things as the gateway into Harsher and heavier drugs, when in reality, trauma is the gateway. Childhood abuse is the gateway. Um, molestation is the gateway. Neglect is the gateway. Um, drug abuse and violent behavior, hypersexuality and self harm, all of these are just simply symptoms of something that uh, is much larger that's kind of going on. So they become the trigger issues, if you will. And then the drugs begin to um, hide or mask some of those issues. And so for our families, for our professionals who are working with teens out there that have drug issues, make sure that you look behind or beyond the drug that young people are, are using and look for that trauma that's kind of causing them to use that drug. Well, fellas, this was a difficult topic. I mean, you know, we shared some things that were, you know, personal about us, our families and things like that. But hopefully our audience really enjoyed that. So stay tuned. We'll be back with today's unpopular opinion brought to you by Jamal.
1: Hello, Jam listeners. If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast, imagine if you heard it live and in person. That's right. The Daily Jam does more than educate and entertain you here on your favorite podcast streaming services. We offer keynote presentations, workshops training and consulting services. You can find out more information and get in contact with us on our website at www.the220exp.com. That's www.the220exp.com. Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at TDailyJam. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, listeners, to The Daily Jam. Finally, today's unpopular opinion brought to you by the one and only,
2: Jamal. Listen... You know, with everything happening so fast and weed becoming more legal in more states, um, I just think that everyone who has been convicted of a weed charge should be released and record be expunged. And I believe that because there are so many newer, (laughs) newer uh, growth, growing sites, dispensaries that are literally making millions off of weed right now. So, you know, it's I, I, I think it's wrong. It's wrong. And, you know, let them out and remove that particular charge from their record.
0: That's your opinion. You're sticking to it. That's
2: my opinion. I'm sticking to it.
0: Mm, so you believe that criminals should
2: run the streets? No, I believe that because and I would have said this if I was I was living in the age of prohibition when they legalized alcohol because there was people that went to jail for alcohol because it was illegal. Yeah, true. And you have industries now making billions of dollars off a a substance that is now deemed legal. They shouldn't have to continue to serve time for it.
0: Yeah. You know, it's actually interesting when you think about the narrative that this country has made when it comes to kind of drugs and alcohol and how oftentimes money is really a part of it. And so things that were considered (laughs) harmful um, to to people... Once you know money could be made off of it, uh, it actually became legal, and so that was everything from you know, once the government finds a way to tax it, Mm -hmm. once the government finds a way to tax it and collects revenue, yeah, exactly. And no, I I actually agree with you. I, I think that you know, if it's no longer considered illegal. You know, why do we have people locked up who are locked up for that? Um,
1: So it's just that specific one and that only one, or what if it was done as with other things that they are charged with as well? I mean, so for example, uh, selling drugs or uh, buying drugs or having an amount of drugs on you, typically sometimes, uh, not so I don't want to say typically, sometimes comes with other charges, uh, gun charges uh, and other stuff like that. So are you saying if it's only for possession of marijuana, no matter, the, no matter the amount, even if it's for distribution, they should be released. Yeah,
2: if, okay. if it's only weed, and if it's, only dist- and if it's distribution or possession, again, dispensaries are popping up all over the place. And they have a legal license to sell marijuana. Yeah. It makes no sense. Again, and I think, Mike, you, you hit it right on the head. When the government found a way to tax it, and they realize how much i credit did. for
1: something that I said.
0: You said it on a podcast, <laughs> no, I but the one told you. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, just mentioned just <laughs> it. Hey, like Lauren Hill said, "I rule the world. I free all my sons." I love, I love them, baby. Black but no, diamonds today, and today pearls. That, that's
1: an unpopular. <laughs> it's an unpopular painting it out in the world, but today on the Daily Jam, it's not an unpopular painting because I think we all agree. I actually agree with you as well.
0: Yeah. I would add so. to that. Um, give them money back that they actually lost. You for know all the years that they that. were incarcerated. You know the government. Well, they ain't doing that. gonna let them out either. And it's. <laughs> so that I would add that to it. <laughs> oh, this man. has been a daily jam.
1: All right, that's a great topic, fellas. But unfortunately, there's our cut music, so we got to go. We're out of time.
2: Hey, we do this today.
1: Ha ha, but you only get it weekly. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Daily Jam. I know I jam, I know I jam, jam. Ha, I I jam, I I jam, jam, jam well, I'll tell why don't you can for me. go yes, kaboom, kaboom, came on in, made limbs and timbs. Broke rims, smoked stems, dogs with bit rims for the real life.